Pastor Ed Taylor says we need discernment today, and the Bible will help us with that. Church, I can't emphasize it enough. You must know this book. This is the key. This is it. This book is more important than any other book you might read about it. This book is more important than any sermon you hear from it. This book, master the book. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. You don't need to try to be a scholar. You don't need to understand every Greek word. You you don't have to understand every nuance and answer every difficult question. If you just spent the rest of your life reading the Bible and worshiping Jesus, you'll be better off for it. This is amazing grace. Hello again, and welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor will be with us in just a moment, and today we return to our series in Jude. This helpful little epistle urges us to contend for the faith. In other words, fight for the faith. And we'll learn today one of the greatest things you can do to contend for the faith is to know the truth and grow in it. Here's Pastor Ed with the opening verses in Jude. In verse 4, it says, Declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, through whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience, there's that phrase again, to the faith. The phrase, the faith, is the sum of the revealed will of God, the revealed word of God up to this point. It's also referred to as the gospel many times. If you want to just turn the page to verse 16 of Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, for also for the Greek. Because in it, in it, the message of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I tried to put them in order for you so you can go through and just read them in order. In Colossians chapter 2, pick up there in verse 7. Really, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established what? In the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. The faith is the result of what? What you've been taught. And what have you been taught? The word of God. So come back to Jude now. Jude uses the same phrase. We're going to contend earnestly for the faith. The sum total by the end of the first century, the sum total of the writings of God that we know today of the, as the Bible has once, how many times church? Once for all been delivered to the saints. There are no new revelations or books or revelation to some modern-day prophet, cult, teacher. There's nothing more that will ever be added to the Bible. Why? Because by the end of the first century, the faith has been once 
for all delivered to the saints. Turn over to Revelation chapter 21. This is important. Listen to what he says in Revelation chapter 21. At the end, finally, this revelation, God is revealing his word. And at the end of the Bible, listen to what John says in verse 18, uh, chapter 22. Revelation 22, verse 18. He says, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and the holy city from the things which are written in this book. The book is not to be added to. Now, this is to, contextually, to the book of Revelation. Don't mess with the book of Revelation. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. And you go, Ed, well, it doesn't say anything about the rest of the Bible. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 30. I'm glad that you noticed. Proverbs chapter 30. Notice even in the Old Covenant, the wisdom of Solomon. Look what God inspired Solomon to write in Proverbs chapter 30 in verse 5. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. If this doesn't cover the whole Bible for you, I'm not sure what else to show you. And you can open the Bible to the cultists. You can open the Bible to the, and you, you just look and you know, they'll just say, oh, that's a, they'll still, you'll take them to Revelation and go, oh, you're know, just this to Revelation. I'm like, okay, bro, like, seriously? Like, you, you really, really believe that God says you can add to the rest of the Bible, but just not Revelation. You really believe that? Oh, well, that's what it says. Okay, well, then turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30, and let's see what wisdom of Solomon says, which is the same Holy Spirit inspiring John as inspired. The one author of the Bible, we have one author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit. God is the author of the Bible. This is what he says in verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield who put their trust in him. Now look at verse 6. Do not add to his words, lest he reprove you and be found a liar. And Jude is saying the same thing here. Certain men have come in. They're trying to add to the word of God. They're trying to undermine the word of God. But the word of God has been delivered once and for all. It's not to be added to. It's not to be taken away from. It's to be a book that taken seriously as inspired we believe in what's known as the plenary inspiration of the Scripture. That means it's all inspired, not bits and pieces. It's all inspired in its original manuscripts. All of it, from beginning to end, allowing God to speak. There's a word that we use when it comes to right teaching, and it's the word orthodoxy. You, you may hear it described as orthodox. I know that word's to describe a section of the church, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, but the word itself orthodoxy just literally means a straight line. It means to draw a straight line or to have a straight rule. You could use the word orthodox and you could also use the synonym sound doctrine. Orthodoxy equals sound doctrine or right teaching is what sound doctrine means. I'll just read these verses to you. You can jot them down because this is so important, church. This is all you ever get. It's the only time you ever visit. The only time you ever listen to Christian radio or flip through a YouTube video. And this is what you landed on. This is so important to understand what Jude is saying here. Not just in the first century, but for us today, for you today, so that you're not ripped off, so that you're not undermined, so that you're not swept away, so that you're not taken away by some fancy, novel, new, weird teaching that is a 
that attracts to your flesh and that appeals to you and, and the, the proclivities that you have to, man, I really never liked that about the church and I never really liked that and I got a hard heart. This is so important to land on what's true. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it speaks of for fornicators, sodomites, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which is committed to our trust. Why is that verse important? Because sound doctrine is equated to the glorious gospel, and there are many things that are contrary to it. That's how you know sound doctrine. Many things contrary. I guess you could say in its most simple form, there is a right and there is a wrong. And the definition of right and wrong is the creator of the universe who put it down for us in the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers, turn their ears, notice, away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all these things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists. There's coming a time where sound doctrine will not be endured. Sound doctrine does need to have this endurance about it. The systematic teaching of the Bible, the regular teaching of the Bible, the regular reading of the Bible, the regular receiving of the Bible requires endurance. Because the Bible cuts to the heart. It's not like reading any other book. There's no other book that cuts to the heart of the matter like the Bible. None on the planet Earth. Never have been written, never will be written. The Bible alone is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And one of the reasons so many people don't want to read the Bible is not because they don't understand it. It's not because they don't like to read. It's not because they don't have the time. It's simply because they don't like to submit their lives to the truth of God's word. Because it cuts. Even you've been walking with the Lord. Some of you, perhaps you've been walking with the Lord with 50 years now you would think you'd be a little farther along than you are sometimes. And how do you know that? Because the Bible reveals, this is an area, son. This is an area, daughter. Yeah, but, but Lord, I'm born again. I thought we dealt with this 30 years ago. And we're dealing with it again today. It's come again. And so you don't want, you got to understand that there's, for many years, I would look at this and I, I kind of just relegate, they will not endure sound doctrine, kind of like to people outside of the church. But that's not what he's saying. He's talking about believers. There's coming a time where believers don't want to hear the truth anymore. They want to embrace the tr truth. I mean, are we not living in a day like that today? I mean, pulpits don't even have real pastors in them anymore. Churches don't even reuse a real Bible anymore. Like as, as we're developing our foundational documents of our church and we're reviewing them, like we, we've got to identify, we, we don't only just believe in the Bible, but we believe in, we believe in the real Bible. We never had to say that before. Like we actually have to put it in writing. This is how we determine the development. Like in a past time, 20 years ago, we just say, hey, we believe in the Bible and it was accepted. But now there's so many weird translations out there that you could pick up a translation now to make it say whatever you want it to say. And we want to have that Bible that's most accurate to the original manuscripts so that we will learn to endure sound doctrine. And don't miss this. It's your own desires. It's my own desires that lead me away, my selfish desires. Earlier, it was all this sexual sin and sin that leads you away. 
In Titus chapter 1, verse 9, it says, holding fast the faithful word as it has been taught, that you may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So there is a need for a pastor to keep teaching, keep teaching, keep teaching, teach the truth, teach the truth, teach the truth. And, and there's just going to be a lot of conviction and a lot of exhortation from the word. Another reason why the modern church today doesn't want to teach the Bible. Because there's a lot of exhortation and a lot of conviction. You walk out today and go, man, that was heavy. Yes, that's what God intended for it to be in your life. It was heavy. That's ex you're exactly right. Well, you know, I don't like heavy. Exactly. Neither do I. Especially when it hits home. I mean, you know, maybe what was heavy for you tonight was not all this instruction on sound doctrine. Maybe it was a lot simpler than that. You've just been, you've just been a person call yourself a servant but not acting like a servant. And the Lord called you on it. Just by the definition of a Greek word. Doulos, voluntary servant. Submitted to the master. Born again. Those simple words, you're like, oh man, that's me. And you'll either respond to it with humble repentance. You'll either just say, Lord, please, make me a servant. We used to sing that. Make me a servant. Make me a servant. Or you'll hard heart and you'll become worse. And you'll start hurting people. And you'll start veering away from the truth. Because one of the truths of sound doctrine is the example of Jesus as the ultimate servant. And then finally in Titus chapter 2 verse 1 it says, but as for you, speak the things that are proper for sound doctrine. So throughout church history, from the early church until now, there have, been, there have always been an orthodox line of beliefs. We, we tend to refer to them as the essentials. You hear that phrase being used. You know, we are in fellowship with every church in town that hold to the essentials of the Christian faith. Even if they're, and there's two, I'll give you two fancy words, you ready? Orthodoxy is right teaching, and here's another word to add to that. Orthopraxy is right worship or right actions. And, and so the orthopraxy, it does vary among different churches uh, where they still have, we may be differing with people in their orthopraxy, but we agree orthodox. And I know those are fancy words, but one day you'll be able to throw it on some trivia game and you'll win. Just understand. You'll be able to win because you, as really simple, simple, you have the right action. You have the right belief. It's going to lead to the right action. And so other churches, as we hold to the essentials of the Christian faith, their, their practice may be different than ours. And you should be okay with that. The practice may be different. They may do things a little differently, and they may do things a lot differently, but they believe in the essentials. There are certain truths that make a true Christian, and if you miss out on them, you're not a true believer. Things like the deity of Christ, the eternal, that, that is the doctrine of eternal God in human flesh, the virgin birth, Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit in Mary, conceived, the Trinity, God revealing himself as one, three persons, the vicarious atonement of Jesus, which basically means Jesus died in your place because you're a sinner and you need forgiveness. That's an essential. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is alive. The tomb is empty. Jude is saying, don't let anyone come with lies to rip you off. Jude had what we call discernment. He was going to write this group of believers an encouraging note, but the Holy Spirit said, stop. I want you to write to them about the un, these certain men that have come in. And notice again at the end of verse 4, as hard as it is for you to accept this, 
especially those of you involved in a cult or in false teaching, you need to receive the word of God today. These certain men that crept in unnoticed, long ago marked out for condemnation, they're described, notice, as ungodly men. False teaching is ungodly. False teaching is ungodly. And for them, they turn the grace of God into licentiousness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That licentiousness was the sinful behavior. Licentiousness has a sexual connotation to it, as did many of the other verses related to sound doctrine we read. So it was appealing to the flesh to get you away from the true essence of the holiness of Jesus Christ and his identity and his character and his nature. Every cult and false teaching, no matter what fabrication, how pretty their pamphlets are, what guy started it, what gal started it, it, it doesn't matter. Every false teacher, every heretic, every cult has the same fundamental issue, the same issue. They don't have a right understanding of who Jesus Christ is. That is the essence of veering away from the faith. They don't receive the truth that Jesus himself said about himself, which is what got people in trouble when they were in his very presence. They didn't receive him for who he said he was and who he proved he was and who he demonstrated he was. Jude had discernment, and we need discernment today. Church, I can't emphasize it enough. Church that's here, church that will be watching, listening, you're live with us right now, I can't emphasize, you must know this book. This is the key. This is it. This book is more important than any other book you might read about it. This book is more important than any sermon you hear from it. This book Master the book. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. You don't need to try to be a scholar. You don't need to understand every Greek word. You, you don't have to understand every nuance and answer every difficult question. If you just spent the rest of your life reading the Bible and worshiping Jesus, you'll be better off for it. But you know, when you read your Bible and pray every day and you make G knowing Jesus a priority, you automatically grow. You're reading things, go, oh, that's great. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, I should step that. Oh, I don't want to have that in my life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By washing it with the water of the word. And as the world gets darker, we need more cleansing of the word. We need more understanding. We need to see things happening in the world from a biblical perspective so that when we understand it, then we can act properly. There's a lot of Christians today, even some of my friends that are not acting properly. They're abandoning the simplicity of the gospel. They're not acting properly. They're getting involved in things that have nothing to do with the gospel, nothing to do with washing their mind with the word, nothing to do to helping people grow in grace grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's nobody, they're not able to stand up and say, grace, grace. Instead, it's law, law. Anger, anger. Control, control. Fight, fight. You see, Jude's definition of fight is different than what you think it is. And that's why we titled our series, Let's Fight on Purpose. 
Because some people saw that and go, yeah, it's about time. Finally, finally, Ed, you finally come. It's time to fight. It is time to fight. But we need to fight God's way. With God's weapons. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And one of the greatest things that you can do today to contend for the faith is to know it grow in it. You are listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com if you'd like a replay or listen to Pastor Ed through our app. Search for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor and download that today. Pastor Ed, today you encouraged us to read our Bible every day and to get to know the truth so that we can properly contend for the faith and avoid falling for a lie. And maybe some listening right now have never read the Bible, and it seems like a daunting task. Where's a good place to start? And is there a good Bible reading plan that can help them stay on track? Well, now with technology, Bible reading plans are plentiful and available. So I would start by encouraging you to download the free YouVersion Bible app. It's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Unbelievable how many Bible translations, how many devos, and how many Bible reading plans are there. So good. It's free. Uh, the, the developers, Life Church, have a commitment to keep it free. And you need it on your own. So if you're looking for a Bible reading plan, that's a great place to start. But here's one that's very simple. There's a couple of that I would encourage you. Number one, read a chapter of the Proverbs every day. And, and that there's 31 chapters, and there's 30 or 31 days in, in every month with the exception of February. You can always double up in February and in those months that only have 30 days. But read a chapter a day so that God might infuse your heart with wisdom. And do it. You'll do it if you do it once a day, every day, 30 times you'll go through the book of Proverbs, or excuse me, 12 times you go through the book of Proverbs in one year. Secondly, read some Psalms. So read a few Psalms. You, whatever time you have, you can read a few Psalms. You could read one, you could read 10, whatever you it. And, and from wisdom, then God will infuse in you worship, worship. And then read some chapters of the Gospels. Now, for those of you new to the Bible, the Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they chronicle and highlight the life of Jesus, the life, particularly the life and times and teachings of Jesus. And I would suggest you read them in this order. First, read the Gospel of John, and that is so that you might believe in Jesus. That'll build your faith. Secondly, read the Gospel of Mark. It's a book of action, and you're going to learn about how Jesus was all over serving and active, uh, doing his Father's will. Then read the book of Luke. That's going to show Jesus as the perfect man and encourage you as you're being conformed into the image of Christ. Uh, you'll be becoming the perfect man like him until you, you know, you're never going to be perfect this side of eternity, but God's adding those things to your life. And then read Matthew last, because that's going to connect you with the Old Testament and prep you for starting in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, maybe a Bible reading plan. If you do that for your first year, you just read the Gospels and Proverbs and Psalms, you will be a strong believer, a stronger believer. And of course, you can use, use different plans, whatever, but read the Proverbs a chapter a day, 
Read some Psalms every day and read some from the Gospels. Start with John, then Mark, then Luke, then Matthew, in that order. Good stuff there. Thanks for that, Pastor Ed. And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can help you overcome discouragement and even depression. It's Struggling Under the Broom Tree by Pastor Bill Gem. It seems like a day doesn't go by that we don't hear of someone who is really down and discouraged. The past couple of years have really been rough. Did you realize that the prophet Elijah also struggled with fear, doubt, and depression? And you'll read about it in this book, but also how God would lift him out from under the broom tree of despair. Pastor Bill reveals God's rescue plan for discouragement in Struggling Under the Broom Tree. Request a copy when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or just go online to calvaryco.store. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it in great ways to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at aboundinggraceradio.com. Celebrating over 20 years of God's faithfulness, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.